This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And you would think a Detroit Lions playoff win, the first in forever, would be the number one story in sports. 32 years. The Lions had not won a game. They beat the Rams 24-23 last night. Jared Goff revenge game against Matt Stafford and the Rams. But no. Maybe, guys, the single worst playoff loss we've seen in our lifetime, dare I say, the most impactful playoff loss, arguably, that we've seen in our lifetime. What happened yesterday to the Dallas Cowboys, and let's be real, out of nowhere, anyone who picked the Green Bay Packers did not pick the Green Bay Packers like this. A 48-32 destruction of Jerry Jones's ball club. And what happened yesterday puts in question the future of Mike McCarthy, the head coach, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, of course, former head coach of the Falcons, and Dak Prescott, the quarterback, as well as Jerry Jones's future as the front and center owner of the Cowboys, because in order to get Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel, he may have to take a back seat. The landscape of the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, has now totally changed. No doubt about it. And yesterday, the Green Bay Packers became the first seven seed to beat a two seed in this current play- playoff format. They've had it since 2020, and two seeds were 6-0 and going into this weekend. And the Dallas Cowboys happened to be the first two seed to lose. But not only did they lose, Smalls, they got embarrassed mm-hmm. in their home stadium. It-, it was an incredible performance. And after... You saw what Green Bay was able to do in terms of imposing their will. I don't know how Jerry Jones can't make a change when it comes to how this organization does business moving forward. The Dallas Cowboys aren't America's team. America likes dominance. America likes excellence. America likes championships. The Green Bay Packers are more of America's team than the Dallas Cowboys are. Think about it. They have the same history. They they simultaneously are an amazing feel-good underdog story while also being a legacy franchise that we should give the benefit of the doubt to. They somehow find a way to pass the baton from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback and get it right every single time. Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur were able to to weather a very combustible situation and moving on from a vocal future Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers, who was leaving there because he didn't like the setup and thought he could win elsewhere. And they somehow found a way to be better after he left. They're more of America's team than the Dallas Cowboys. You know why the Cowboys are America's team? Because all the other fan bases across the National Football League unite to troll the Dallas Cowboys when they soil themselves <laughs> in the playoffs. That's why they're America's team. I mean, think about it. They you bring can, us together. <laughs> you, you can get Eagles fans and Giants fans alike to combine. I don't even Pat, have a team. Pat Costello <laughs> and Nuno are producers that are on opposite ends when it comes to the NFC's rivals. They will unite to troll the Dallas Cowboys after what we saw yesterday. And I can't get it out of my head. The poor image of Bubba. At the oh, Dallas oh, Cowboys game yesterday oh, on, Mike, on Mike Greenberg's dime yep. and watching his beloved Cowboys get annihilated by Jordan Love making his playoff debut on the youngest NFL roster in the National Football League. Let's now go through some of the sound post game for what we heard with this Dallas Cowboys team because this is an absolute disaster what's going on because I've been a defender of Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott as you guys know there is no defense of Mike McCarthy he is Buck Showalter in baseball Marty Schottenheimer in football he's going to get you really good and really competitive but not get you over the hump Jerry Jones was asked about the future of Mike McCarthy yesterday when will you sit down Mike and kind of talk about it I haven't thought about that 
Yeah, you haven't thought about that, but, but you may have to. And uh, McCarthy, excuse me, uh, Jones spoke on the head coaching change possibility and the loss. When I start, when I think about it, which I haven't thought one second about it, I know how hard, uh, how much it meant to our fans to advance. What this loss to me means, again, I opened up by saying not how, why, who didn't, who didn't do what, all of that kind of thing. The only thing that was on my mind almost this entire game was not an analysis of our strategy, not an analysis of the play. It was, do we get to play here again next week? And we can't, and that could have happened by a point, or it could have happened the way it happened out there and that's all I'm thinking about and that's all I've thought about by the way uh before we play McCarthy and Prescott I wanted to say this I actually believe Jerry Jones because I believe that he probably assumed that they at worst case scenario we're going to go to the NFC championship game and then decide about the future of the team there's no way he played out what happened yesterday McCarthy is the one that obviously is now on the hot seat here's what he had to say post game about that possibility of a coaching change Jerry had said we'll take it game by game regarding your job status do you think this could lead to a coaching change? I think the biggest thing is we're disappointed. I'm not going to hold whole team in the, in the locker rooms. It's, that's hurting. You know, I, I haven't thought past you know, the outcome of this game. Okay, well, the outcome of the game did not go in your favor, of course. 48-32. He does have one guy that has his back, number four, Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's been amazing. I, I don't know how they can be, but I understand the business. In, in that case, it should be about me as well, honestly. I mean, that, that guy, I've had the season that I've had because of him. We, this team's had the success that they've had because of him. I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl, and that, that's the standard of the league and damn sure the standard of this place. So I get it, but add me to the list in that case. Okay, well, Dak Prescott is saying that he had the season he had and the team had the season they had because of Mike McCarthy. You know what? Two days ago, that's a great argument. Today, that gets him fired, because if we're going to put all of this on Mike McCarthy, which I understand why we would today, Mike McCarthy is not going to have a leg to stand on. 12 straight wins, three straight, 12 wins, three straight seasons, 36 overall, the most ever in a three-game stretch without reaching the conference championship game smalls, something that the Dallas Cowboys have not been in since 1995, and in that time, eight one-and-done playoff appearances. Yeah, it's kind of the book on Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Great regular season success, falling up short yet again in the postseason. It's it's quite literally a tale as old as their time together. It's just what happens with this version of the Dallas Cowboys. But they're in an interesting spot because someone, it feels like today heads are going to roll and someone has to be held accountable mm-hmm. for this. But if you're going to retain Dak Prescott, he did have a lot of success with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was able to bring out a different version of him this season. They work well together. Are you ready to upend that and bring in somebody else? You don't know that that person is going to work as well with Dak. You don't know that this person that you're going to bring in is going to be able to extract the things out of him that we've seen this season. Now, in the playoffs, it has not been enough, obviously. No. And and another thing with Dak, Mike, Mike McCarthy was – very instrumental this season with Dak in reducing the interceptions, reducing the turnovers. That was something that Dak had come out in the offseason and said, it's going to be different. But we saw it again yesterday. Two interceptions. It happens again in the playoffs, just like it had versus the 49ers, not once but twice. Yeah. So I, I, I think that they are likely going to make a change, and you certainly have the argument to do so. 
but it could backfire. It could backfire when it comes to Dak. Yeah, it could backfire, which is why you don't extend Dak Prescott. You, you let him go into 2024 in the final year of his contract, and you see what happens. And if he delivers, then you're glad to play him, pay him. But if he doesn't, then you have to go to your alternative. And that's why I think what happened yesterday is going to prompt Jerry Jones to not only move on from Mike McCarthy, but to put yet another contingency for Dak Prescott. And we saw before the season they traded for Trey Lance from the San Francisco 49ers, gave up a fourth-round pick for him. I absolutely think it's on the board for the Dallas Cowboys to take a quarterback on the first two days of the NFL draft. I don't know if it'll be a first-rounder, can't rule it out, and it could be a second- or third-rounder, but they have to invest in that position yet again because you just don't know what you're going to get from Dak in the playoffs. And if this guy is not going to take you on a deep playoff run, then why the hell are you going to be willing to pay him upwards of $55 million a year? I'm not willing to do that. I'm not going to put my franchise in that position for a guy that has a 2-5 and five playoff record. The reality is that it is a results business. And the results from Dak Prescott, from Mike McCarthy and his Cowboys team just haven't been good enough. Getting bounced early rounds in the playoffs is not going to inspire a lot of goodwill from ownership. And we know that Jerry Jones, when he gets pushed into a corner like he has been with the last three playoff losses, he can become impetuous. I'm anticipating that this is going to be an offseason with a lot of upheaval out there in Frisco, Texas. So let's go through some of the hypotheticals on this because we're in this spot right now. He's on the books, he being Dak Prescott, for $59 million next year and a cap it. If you're not ready to (laughs) extend him, are you ready to let him live um, contractually on that deal next year? Yeah, I think you have to. So then, okay, so then other places have to be cut. Tony Pollard walks. You're not going to pay a running back that much money again. You'll draft the running back and or maybe, yeah. bring, maybe bring Zeke back for Yeah, for Ty- Tyron Smith is gone. Michael Gallup's probably gone. Like, yep. there, there are some guys that you're moving on from that, that have been stalwarts. Because you got to pay C.D. Lamb yeah. and you got to pay Michael Parsons. Uh-huh. Them dudes ain't going to wait. And they don't care about your problems at the quarterback spot. They're all, they're first team all pros. Just, you know, they, they're going to want to get their money. CD's already said he wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Well, right now that's Tyreek Hill at $30 million a year. Like Michael Parsons is going to want more than Nicky Bosa just got, and he deserves it. So those are expensive contracts. And if you're Jerry Jones, think about the kind of guaranteed money that you doled out this past offseason and what you're going to have to spend this coming offseason. Don't you deserve better than a, a wild card round exit when your team is the two seed in the NFC playoff field? You do. And so that's why I don't know how you could justify Mike McCarthy keeping his job. You, you have to change something. And if you're not going to get rid of the quarterback and you're not going to get rid of this current core of players, then it has to be making a move at the head coaching spot. Okay, so let's go further then. So let's say at 24 in the draft, you said that you got to bring in, you got to consider first two days of the draft bringing in a quarterback. Penix, Michael Penix Jr., Washington. He won't uh, be there. Okay, uh, J.J. McCarthy. He'll, be, he'll probably be there. Would you take him at 24? Consider it. You have to consider it. It's on the board. I got, like I said, I, I don't. This is not a situation where you're taking this guy because you're expecting him to play next year. Dak Prescott is going to be the Cowboys QB one going into 2024. You're taking this quarterback because you don't know how 2024 is going to res- end up for Dak. You don't know if he's going to be able to go on a deep playoff run. You don't know if he's going to regress after having an outstanding year with Mike McCarthy and whatever coaching change you're going to make this offseason. So you have to have a hedge, and the hedge would be the quarterback that you draft. And so I I just think it absolutely has to be how the Cowboys operate – 
But it almost becomes somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy because that first-round draft pick that you could invest in getting some more help for Dak or for that offense is is a guy that's probably not going to play for you if you do, in fact, go down that road. So let's play out one other hypothetical because we're talking about all of this, right? Everything is now – you have a loss like that. Everything is on the table, yes. right? When you're that good this year and you have dopes like me that have supported Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott that can't do that today, everything's on the table. Number three, New England for Dak Prescott. <laughs> Nuno put that in my head before the show. I will give him credit on that. I said if the old coach was still there, you do that in two seconds. Boy, that is a hell of a choice. Because remember, that Trey, is a hell Trey, of a Lance, choice. Trey Lance can be your bridge guy in theory. You do have a bridge. The point is, if everything's on the table, then everything's on the table here. Damn you, because I can't answer that question. That's tough. I can't answer that question. I cannot. It comes down to the evaluation. I can't answer that question. If you I can't cannot answer, answer the question, it's on the table. That's the point. Everything right now is on the table for the Dallas Cowboys. And by the way, I think we are now in a spot in the NFL where there are many teams that feel like they're a quarterback away from really doing something. Atlanta's that team, right? I've thrown out the idea in my head. Would, it, would the Rams ever try to trade Matthew Stafford to Atlanta? Yeah. Go back home. We are now at that point where the top, this is a top two in the draft. Everybody else, how good is Jaden Daniels? We have other quarterbacks, but there are many teams that feel like they're inches away from really winning big. Dak could be out there for that team. But, but let me just ask you this one question. If you're the New England Patriots, why would you do that deal? Why, not, like, not with the current regime. Yeah, like if, if, if Belichick was still there, I would do that in two seconds. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're starting over. They're resetting their program. They don't need a quarterback for win now. But, I mean, like you said, there are going to be other teams that are in win now mode that could potentially be desperate. Oof. You know, would you consider it? That, like that, that would be the thing. Based on the kind of package that you could get for Dak Prescott, like if you're the Atlanta Falcons, do you invest three first-round draft picks in order to get a guy like Dak Prescott, considering the weapons that you have in the division that you play in? I don't know. There, like, there are there are it losses. Just becomes, in, there are losses in sports, though. We all know that change the entire dynamic no of doubt. a franchise. No Big doubt. ripple effect, right? That you when you get pummeled, what the Suns a couple of years ago got pummeled in that game seven against the Mavs, right? Monty Williams gone. They bring in Kevin Durant. Like everything then changes. The Dallas Cowboys have a loss yesterday that everything changes. I mean, listen, this is going to sound crazy to watch the Commanders. For number two? The Washington Command. I mean, listen, it sounds crazy. It would never happen in the division. It oh, would yeah. never it would never happen in the division. Unless who's the head coach who has no problem trading a starting quarterback in the division. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Drew Bledsoe to the Bills. Yeah, that happened. Unless you are saying to someone, I actually want to face this guy twice a year. This is beneficial for me to face this guy twice a year. Again, the point is, we are not saying that any of these things are happening. No. We're saying that when you have a loss like that in the National Football League, or any sport for that matter, everything is on the table. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What would you do? You're Jerry Jones right now. What is your first move? We'll get your phone calls in, plus more on the Dallas Cowboys. Give credit, obviously, to the Packers. And the Lions won a playoff game. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Dallas, I expect them to be in the NFC Championship game. I'm having trouble seeing how the Packers are going to remotely stop the Cowboys. The little team that could take out the Cowboys, 48-32. I mean, Carlin's right. They didn't remotely stop the Cowboys. They completely stopped the Cowboys. So I'm, I love Carlin, so I'm giving Carlin a right answer on that one. Don't, don't gloss over the genius of Javante Lawrence. Ladies love Cool J. There uh, we go. Ladies love Cool J. That's the new nickname for Jordan Love, man. Ladies love Cool J. I mean, this dude was literally dropping back, licking his lips at the Dallas Cowboys secondary and throwing dimes out there. And as the resident lady on this desk, I do, in fact, love Jordan. Love. So can confirm that the ladies do love Cool J. Super Wild Guard Weekend ends with the Eagles visiting the Bucks. By the way, LL Cool J Hurts over there, too. Uh, let's be clear on that one with the Eagles tonight, right? You love Jalen Hurts, too. Of course, he yeah. doesn't. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? I was going to say, maybe some Eagles fans aren't as high on Jalen Hurts well, anymore. they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, they're visiting the Bucks tonight, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Countdown kicks off. Coverage begins 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN. Then catch the game on ESPN, ABC, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN Deportes, and the Manning cast on ESPN2. All right, so the other side of this, we're going to get Cowboys calls in in a second here, but the other side of this is how unbelievable Jordan Love and the Packers were yesterday, just dominating. And two people really stand out to me, Jordan Love and Brian Gutenkus, the general manager. The decision-making by Goody is phenomenal. Knowing when to draft Love, knowing when to put the chip on the Rodgers' shoulder, knowing when to remove himself from Aaron Rodgers, which, as CeCe pointed out, maybe the only question now was it a year too late. <laughs> and they could have gotten more, by the way, if they did it the year prior, I would assume. Because he was coming off of back-to-back MVP. Yeah, Correct. Right. Um, and now they're set up yet again for the future. Just remarkable what the Packers have done here. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about Gutekunst. Don't just stop at Jordan Love, but think about the young receivers that he has on that roster. Dotavian Wicks of UVA fame. Then we got Jaden Reed, a rookie this year. You got Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, Luke Musgrove, and then you have Tom Kraft. Like, all of these guys are in their first and second years. The Green Bay Packers set an NFL record when it comes to first and second year receivers, when in total receptions and receiving yards. Over 300 receptions from first to second year receivers, over 3,600 yards from first to second year receivers. So this is the core of skill position players that Jordan Love is going to continue to grow with. And as they get more proof of concept, their confidence is only going to grow. This was a team that went into this game as a live dog and came out of it as a team that we need to raise our expectations for. And that's why I don't think it's a situation where we should just dismiss the Green Bay Packers moving forward. Now, listen, they got to go out to San Francisco and play against what has been the most dominant team in the NFC field. 
But if you were to tell me before yesterday's game that the Packers would be the ones going out there, I would say that that's going to be a blowout game. Now, that is going to be a competitive game based on what they showed yesterday, their ability to be able to go on the road. That they went into Dallas and that Jordan Love and that offense did that to the Dallas defense, I'm not going to take them lately against San Francisco. Absolutely no way. You mentioned Romeo Dobbs. He was amazing yesterday. Career high, 151 yards. And don't forget, he was hospitalized with a chest injury. You know, and they had no answer for Romeo Dobbs yesterday. But going back to Brian Gutekunst, I just think, especially right now, looking at how the New York Jets have catered to Aaron Rodgers and given him every single thing he wants, the power. They've allowed him to do his media hats every week. They've brought in his offensive coordinator, all the players that he wanted. They catered to him in every single facet of what he wanted. And the Green Bay Packers had the guts to say, you know what? We're going to move on. And that's a very risky thing to do when this is a future Hall of Famer that could have very well left and had he not gotten injured, had success elsewhere. That's a hard thing to stomach when you know your fan base could have a lot of questions. But the fact that he was able to do that and that he had so much conviction and not only himself and his head coach in Matt LaFleur and in Jordan Love, who he drafted, says a lot about him. And I don't know how many front office executives would have been able to do the same thing. Brian in Connecticut on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Got to make this quick. I, what I want to say is go back and listen to the tape because it sounds a lot like Dak has already separated himself from the team saying they have gotten as far as they have. Not we, they. Well, it is interesting if Dak is not, like, there is another side of this. Maybe Dak doesn't love being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And maybe Dak knows that Mike McCarthy's termination could be around the corner. And maybe he does want to draw the line in the sand of, you know, the Jimmy Chitwood and Hoosiers. Coach days, I play, coach goes, I go. I mean, I guess there is a spin to that, but I don't know where you're going to get paid like this. So you don't want to play with an all-pro receiver. You don't want to play with that offensive line, and you don't want to play with that defense? Well, I don't know if I want to play with that defense after yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that defense well, is and, Well, here's the good. thing. You said the defense wasn't good, but listen, I understand the Packers scored 27 points. 14 of those points came from the Dallas Cowboys offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it was a pick six, and then mm-hmm. the interception by Jerry Alexander gave the ball to Green Bay in the red zone, and it cashed in. So, I mean – Two touchdowns out of the 27 points came directly from the Cowboys' offense. I don't know that we can pin how one-sided it was all on the defense. The defense certainly didn't do anything to help the cause. But to me, yesterday, the headline was how abysmal Dak Prescott and the offense were, and they absolutely have to be better, and they have been better all season long. In the regular season, this team had a plus 172-point differential. Mm -hmm. They were averaging 37 points a game at home. And yesterday, all they were able to muster was points in garbage time. They went into the fourth quarter down 41-16. I think it got as bad as 48-16. That was the story of the Dallas Cowboys. And to me, it was about Dak Prescott being outplayed by Jordan Love. Here's the thing, though. We've seen the most surprising coaching carousel we've ever seen. Maybe we'll see a quarterback carousel that we don't see coming. Maybe there is a Dak Prescott on the move. Maybe there is a Matthew Stafford on the move, potentially. Like the Rams thought they got the – I mean, just saying, we cannot be surprised by anything this offseason in the NFL already. It's And we're not even in the offseason. It's been remarkable. I mean, no Belichick, Saban, all these things. Maybe we have a quarterback carousel that's about to happen that we don't see coming. Coming up, all the – Small things. Next on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. 
Dining in dollars, doing business and bought wherever life takes you. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal, done. Freelancing in France, no problem. Sending money back to mom, simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is time for a round of all the small things, but did want to mention good news and bad news. Good news. Naomi Osaka back to Grand Slam tennis, the four-time Grand Slam winner. Bad news. Unfortunately, she lost today. Caroline Garcia, Rod Laver Arena, Australian Open, um, 6-4, She lost. So she's back. But she's out. She had been out with maternity leave. So shout out to Naomi Osaka. She is playing, but she did lose today in the Australian Open. Of course, all the coverage on the ESPN family of Network. Smalls, what do you have for us today? All right, first thing, guys. We need to hear it for the young boys. Not the Cowboys. They're not going to hear anything but booze today. But (laughs) C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love both dazzled this weekend. And the league feels like it's in great hands with some excellent young quarterback play. And, guys, in a season where we had so many starting quarterbacks go down because of injury, whether it be Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, Anthony Richardson, I mean, the list goes on and on. We wondered about the quarterback position. Leave it to the NFL to have C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love step up when the lights are the brightest and perform. And I don't know how the NFL continuously does this, where they're able to have these young stars at the most important position in sports step up, and it's like that wheel just keeps turning with quarterbacks. No doubt about it, but I think this is the trickle-down effect when we start to see the evolution of the passing game at the lower levels of sport. You're seeing guys come into the NFL more pro-ready in terms of making sure that you can produce in the passing game, and so credit to C.J. Stroud for being able to step into a very tough situation, and also Jordan Love for being able to follow in the footsteps of a future Hall of Famer. Both of those guys have shown a maturity beyond their years in this season, and I think that's what's propelled their teams past the wild card round into the divisional round. I also think, not to get too technical in X's and O, but as a former quarterback, Yeah, I figured obviously, you'd want to. <laughs> they, they both were unbelievable this weekend. They both are new. But they both throw the ball completely differently. Like, C.J. Stroud is an over-the-top release where he's throwing the deep ball. And Jordan Love's just flinging it. Sidearm at times, through different windows. They're both phenomenal. And they don't look the same doing it, which is even better. Like We're not watching the same player. We're watching different players do this in different ways. 
And right now, if you don't have a team, I feel like you're rooting for the Texans and the Packers. Although maybe the Lions. Oh, but- I, w- I would love to see them meet in the Super Bowl, the Texans and the Packers. I know not everybody thinks that's a sexy matchup, but these two young players who no one expected to be in that position, I would love it. And you've been in this position. I also mm. think about their teammates. If they can do this in their first season, Jordan Love being his first full season as a starter, C.J. Stroud in his rookie season, they have confidence in themselves already. But now that they were able to go in against the Cleveland Browns defense and the Dallas Cowboys defense and win playoff games, Games. imagine the the confidence building that that does for them but also to their teammates like yeah we've got the guy no doubt about it no doubt about it you got proof of concept right yeah. you know that the dude under center can make the plays when they're there to be made that can put us in position to win when it matters the most and there, houston, there is a tremendous amount of value in that sorry but houston free agent destination moving forward people are going to want to play for D'Amico ryan's <laughs> and play with cj stroud just saying no doubt it has been a while since we said that. No doubt. All right, next one. Speaking of franchise quarterbacks, I, I don't want this to be an overreaction Monday statement. But? But <laughs> is the Packers quarterback situation and recent legacy the most most impressive thing in sports? We always talk about how difficult it is to find a franchise quarterback. It is the single most important currency in American team sports. How many times do, do franchises draft a guy and we say it is a coin flip? It is a 50-50 coin flip whether this guy is going to be good or not. And the Packers have done it three times in a row. I think it's more impressive than what the Steelers have done with their head coach because it feels like it might be easier to find a head coach mm. than a franchise quarterback. And I'm not diminishing what Pittsburgh has done at all. Yeah. But this, can you think of anything else? In, okay, go ahead. What? I got one thing. Okay, go ahead. Because I, I don't want to overreact. That's pretty good, though, Smalls. This is unbelievable. Brian what Cashman's got. been the general manager of the Yankees longer than Belichick was the coach of the Patriots. And he's still the general manager you of the Yankees. Like that's a good yeah, thing. no, we're talking about positive things. You no. You said the most impressive thing in all of sports. <laughs> That's true. Brian Cashman. That's a good Keeping one. his job. That's a good one. As a general manager in today's day and age, longer than Belichick was able to keep his job. Let's. I'm a Pats fan. I love Belichick. That's a Let's great not get point. it twisted. He got fired last week. Yeah, and they haven't won a Belichick World Series since still, 09. If you said to Belichick, you could be the coach of any team in the NFL right now. He chose the Patriots, and he doesn't have that option. Brian Cashman's run with the Yankees is more impressive. He didn't get fired ever. Ever. That's a great point. That's a great point. But he's one constant. I get what you're saying. They have had now three guys in Favre, Rodgers, and Love that are franchise quarterbacks. It's amazing. There's no question about it. Look at the Cleveland Browns. We're we're thinking that now the, you know, the – Carriage has turned into a pumpkin with Joe Flacco. They're right where they started with a question at quarterback. Deshaun has the contract, but you don't know what Deshaun Watson is right no. now. Well, you know he's a starter next year. Brown's in a weird way. If you're going to lose, losing that way was kind of lucky for them because that you can just run it back with Watson. Yeah, now. you don't have to worry about yeah. Yeah. dealing yeah. with Joe Flacco. The conversation like you the AFC, ended. If you yeah. get to the AFC title game and lose, then I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're the Browns because we've said it. Flacco either needs to be the starter or off the team. You can't have him as a backup backup because the fans will go crazy in his favor. But I would Brian Cashman was my immediate answer when thinking about that. I mean, that's a good one in a negative way. It's impressive. And as a Yankees fan, he probably didn't think you'd have to feel that way. It's very impressive. Very impressive. All right, next one, guys. I just want to give a a shout-out to Kyle Juszczyk of the San Francisco 49ers. So his wife, Kristen, is a fashion designer. She makes all of these team-issued sweaters and coats and things. And she made one for Brittany Mahomes and for Taylor Swift. You saw her wearing that 87 puffer jacket. Kristen has kind of gone viral on YouTube for – or excuse me, on TikTok for these very cool, uh, you know – 
NFL-issued things that she makes. But Kyle Juszczyk was troll or mining social media, not trolling, quite the opposite, mining social media and hyping up his wife on every single post that had Taylor Swift's jacket in it. He was he was literally searching her name and saying, this jacket was made by Kristen Juszczyk. Yep, there's Taylor Swift walking in with Kristen Juszczyk's jacket. I just thought it was so sweet that he was so proud of his wife getting that shine. Very, doesn't, very smart by him. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me by Juice. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. I play with him in Baltimore. Like, he is a class act. And he's a guy that gets it. And of course, if you get it, you have to understand that you got to hype up your wife. You got to be the flavor flav, the hype man for your wife in all of those situations to show your support. I'm learning that as a husband. <laughs> clearly, clearly, Kyle Juszczyk already knows that he's had more practice than I have. But it's great to see him do that. Shout out to Kristen for being able to get that done. And I mean, there is no better advertising than Taylor Swift swag surfing in your puffer jacket that no. you custom made for her. All right, I got to You can't pay that. for that. No, I, you can't I, pay for that. I, I don't know what swag surfing is. I never saw that before this weekend. What? I'm sorry, I'm old. That's a decade old, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. so many fan bases do that yeah. at the college level. Yeah, I was, the way I was, she I was, I was, yeah, I, yeah, I mean... I mean, better than that, I would hope. But, but, <laughs> but, but, yeah, swag oh, surfing. On, I was swag, we were swag it. surfing in the club in 2009, bro. Oh, yeah, we were. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, well, not what? me and you. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, exactly. oh, sorry, my bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Taylor Swift was at Arrowhead Stadium cheering on her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, and she was in the Kristen Hughes check puffer jacket because it was freezing there. Yeah. She was in the heated suite and still had the puffer jacket on. I. Just have to shout out those fans in Kansas City. You couldn't pay me to sit in those temperatures to cheer on my team. I wish I loved anything on earth like fans love their team that much to endure those conditions. The wind chill was minus 27 degrees. No way. There's no chance I'm doing that. But for the people that's, that braved those conditions, shout out to you. I, You're I will, real ones. I will say this. Walking in here this morning when it was 25 degrees, I was like, it, it was 30 degrees colder in Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday night than it was this morning in New York City. And, and I go back to the video that they posted on social media where they said the refrigerator was actually keeping the water warm. Yes. Because when they took the bottle of water out of the refrigerator, it froze in a matter of a minute. It's unbelievable what happened. That's, that's just, just, it's crazy that that's how cold it was in Kansas City. A real feel of 30 degrees below zero. That's what it was on Saturday night. Coldest game you ever played in in the NFL? Coldest have- game I ever played in was in Foxborough Divisional Round. It was single digits. The, the two, two touchdown lead Tw- twice? Yeah, that the one? 2014 game when I was with the Ravens. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. I, I didn't. That. You brought it up. I asked the question. You brought it up just now. Look at him smiling. Did you know the it's answer? My favorite game. I love that. Jules and Dola just did a pod on that, uh, so I watched that recently. But that is that's one heck of a Disgusted. game. Disgusted. <laughs> they one changed heck of a... the rules that following off season. Freaking he was so pleased me. with himself. I love that smiling, game. Freaking, setting freaking you up kidding that. me. That was like, like he was in the game planning session with Correct. Belichick Correct. in the offensive staff. Yeah, we were. Okay, I was there. We <laughs> we executed. Uh, we executed. Came up the same we way executed. as Bell. Okay. All right. Uh, coming up. Uh, anything else, by the way, for all the small things? No, so. that was it. That was okay. it. You couldn't right. pay me to sit in those temps. No way. Uh, well. Well, if your team <laughs> didn't abandon you. That's if right. the If the Rams didn't leave and they were playing a road game in a cold weather city. For a million dollars. 
You still wouldn't go. Okay, I'm saying if it was like the <laughs> NFC, these people were paying to go. I know, but but you said you couldn't pay, so we're coming up with the with the thing. If you Rams, were to pay me a million dollars, I would go. Okay, so but we not pay a penny either. less. Well, maybe a hundred k. Right. <laughs> so anything six figures and above, you would have gone. I'm telling. I hate cold weather. I know, but that's not what we're asking. Anything six figures or above, you would have gone. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so we, I guess you could we, pay me. we debunked that pretty quickly. Tune into NBA action today as the Hawks host the Spurs. I'll give you a breakdown if you'd like. Uh, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're on Sportsmanlike. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Having Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. A little drop back and a pass to Brevin Jordan. Right side across the 35, right sideline. He's going to go all the way. Touchdown. CJ, and he throws deep, and he wants Dalton Schultz. Rock and roll. Touchdown. Houston versus the world, so it's not about what people say. The clouds are 0-0, and I just think this show like what we are, too. CJ is the reason why we're in this position. He's special. Our whole team is leaning on him, and he has the shoulders to carry that weight. Everybody calls him a rookie, man, but that dude is not a rookie. The dude is a, I should be in the MVP conversation. Uh, just your ho-hum, 16 of 21, 21, 274 yards, three touchdowns, no big deal. <laughs> just a rookie in a playoff game winning 45-14 over the team with... Allegedly the best defense in the NFL, arguably. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN App, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you, CJ Stroud or Jordan Love. Let's just go. Let's just go. Right now. Right now. You've got to take one. Who are you more impressed? Who are you more impressed with, Smalls, after this weekend? Stroud or Love? Stroud, for sure. Because Jordan Love, even though it's his first full season as a rookie, he's been in Green Bay. He's been absorbing the system. He had a, a, a more of a head start than C.J. Stroud did. C.J. Stroud went to a Houston te- Texans team that was an absolute dumpster fire. And we forget about that. We forget about how bad this, the state of this franchise was because of this one person. He's elevated everyone around him. It's I'm not taking away from what Jordan Love did yesterday, but to me it's C.J. Stroud by a mile. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, his leading receiver is Nico Collins. Not a lot of people know who Nico Collins is. A fine player has put together an outstanding season, but let's keep it real. Like, uh, like he's not a household name. And one of his top two receivers in Tank Dell was, has been out for the season since around week, week 10, week 11. So, I mean, the fact that C.J. Stroud has been able to put together this kind of season and to show as impressive as he did on Saturday – yeah, to me, that's how you have to give him the nod over Jordan Love. I think both of them were outstanding. I mean, to put it into context, there have only been four quarterback performances 
where you've had a QBR over 90 in the playoffs, and C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love have two of the four. The other two are Tom Brady and Josh Allen. Those are two other quarterbacks pretty good at football. So, I mean, that just goes to show you how good C.J. Stroud was in that game. And Jordan Love was absolutely phenomenal as well. I mean, it's 1A and 1B in terms of the performances, but I would give the nod to Stroud because of the circumstances that he stepped into. There are not – I'm just looking right now. There are not many NFL players in the history of the sport that have had better rookie seasons all-in than this guy, if anyone. When you're thinking about the all-in of what he, what did he do individually and how far did he take his team and at what role did he do that in – this is an argument that this is the greatest rookie season in the history of the sport, especially if he wins another game somehow. My God. I mean, that, you're talking about some of the great rookie seasons in the history of sports in general. The flip side of this, because there is obviously going to be a lot of time to talk about Stroud for, I don't know, the next decade, is what happened with the Cleveland Browns. They got destroyed. I mean, we're, it's kind of overshadowed. It was the first game. Dolphins got destroyed, but really the Cowboys getting destroyed was the theme of the weekend, of course. But what exactly happened to this Cleveland defense that was supposed to be able to carry this team? The same thing that happens to them every time they play on the road. They were giving up 29.6 points a game, which was the worst in all of football on the road this season. So I I absolutely had it on the board that the Houston Texans offense could light it up against this defense. I just didn't know whether or not we are going to see the same poise from C.J. Stroud in the playoffs as we've seen in the regular season. But I don't know why I would think that. Because in the biggest of moments, this guy always shows up and plays well. I mean, you think back to the Rose Bowl a few years ago when he balled out when um, with his top two receivers, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, weren't playing. You think back to the last year in the college football playoff against that Georgia Bulldog defense where he put his team a field goal try away from being able to advance to the national title game. This guy always steps up and plays his best when the lights are the brightest. So, again, I think that's a testament to the sports character of C.J. Stroud. I can't say enough positive things about this dude. And this is a guy that at some point in his career is going to win an MVP. Mm. That's how good C.J. Stroud is. Super Bowl two. Yeah, I think so. He feels like that guy. I think so. I think he's going to be the MVP favorite going into next season. I'm convinced of that. That he is going to ESPN bet at the end of the season is going to release that, and he is going to be number one. How could you have anybody as the MVP favorite over Pat Mahomes? Or Lamar Jackson. He's the best player on the planet. Because I don't know that we voted that way. You know what I mean? The voter fatigue stuff. Listen, Lamar Jackson is going to win an MVP. He's already got a unanimous MVP under his belt. Him and Tom Brady are the only ones to do that. But, I mean, Pat Mahomes is still the best player, best quarterback on the planet. Agreed. How do you have anybody as a favorite for MVP over him going into any season? You are Good right, point. but I still th- I'm still going to ride that, that I think Stroud could be that. So who does he make to look worse? The Bears who passed on him or Bryce Young who was drafted ahead of him? Oh, it has to be the Bears. It's the Bears. It's the Bears. I don't blame Bryce. Listen, with everything we've heard from David Tepper and what he's done, exactly. firing coaches in the middle of the season in, in wait, three, three straight years, like that, that's, not on, that's not on Bryce. That's on the owner. The owner is a clown show. And I don't know how the Carolina Panthers are going to get out of their own way. I'm curious to see how this coaching search ends up and who they end up landing on. But, yeah, I I think this makes the Bears look worse because they passed on C.J. Stroud for a question mark in Justin Fields. And guess what? They still don't have the answer to the question of whether or not Fields is the guy. They still don't have that answer. No. They really don't. It's wild. So we don't know the AFC matchups yet. We have to wait till today with the Buffalo and Pittsburgh game, obviously. But are we looking at the Texans as they've done what they've had to do? 
a now nice season? Or I mean, are we no, no, you can't take it for granted. Not with this quarterback. I mean, it, it, you just can't. Like, it, it's not just a feel good story for well, them. That puts him on a ridiculously it's, it's, high it's, level. Let let let's see how far we can push this thing in your rookie season. Let's take it as far as we can take it because you don't know when you're going to have the opportunity to compete for titles. And now, for certain, you're one of eight teams that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. You're that close. Like I just, I just think you have to try to go. You have to try to take advantage of it. You can't look at it as house money. You have to go out there with the expectation that you can compete and beat any of these teams. And with C.J. Stroud as your quarterback, why would you not think that? Why? He put up 45 points against that Cleveland defense. Why would I think that he couldn't do it against another team? No, that's, you, you would think he could, which is why I'm telling you he's going to screw up all of the expectations for rookie quarterbacks moving forward. Good luck, Caleb Williams. Well, Caleb Williams has a harder – Caleb Williams, by the way, today is the, de- the deadline to declare for the, the regular NFL draft. I yeah. say that because there's people have been throwing out there about the speculation about supplemental draft, oddly enough, with him, if he really doesn't want to go to the Bears, which who knows if that's true or not. But he's got to declare by today. He has not declared for the draft yet. J.J. McCarthy declared over the weekend, Michigan. Blake Corum, Michigan over the weekend. Caleb Williams has not declared for the NFL draft yet, and today is the last day he can do that. Just wanted to point Just that out. Just out of curiosity, though, because we're talking about the potential matchups in the divisional yeah. round. If everything holds chalk, if the Bills do beat the Steelers, then we're talking about the Texans having to go on the road in Baltimore? Correct. I mean, listen, that was the week one matchup, and, and that was a game where the Texans – I mean, it was it was touching. I, I remember watching that game. It was touch and go for the Ravens early on in that matchup. It, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily just a trouncing. I mean, it was six to seven at halftime. So I'm just I'm just just putting Ooh. it out there. It's not it's not crazy to think that in an environment that they've already familiar in that they've already played in that the Texans could make it a competitive game against the Baltimore Ravens. If your final four in the AFC is Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, and Stroud. That is going to be a show. Well, and think that about, is going to be think a about, show. We're sitting here, and it feels like forever ago, but we're sitting here in the first year past Brady. What a way for us to be in the first year past Brady of those four. Like, Because you're wondering who could take that mantle. We know that Mahomes would. But if in order for Mahomes to be Brady, somebody then has to be Mahomes and compete with him. Well, if Stroud's there, if Lamar's there, if Josh Allen is back there, all of a sudden we have that next level of quarterback that Mahomes provided for Brady. They've replaced him already. It's cr- nobody replaces Brady, but you get what I'm saying. Oh, I get yeah. exactly what but you're saying. But this is this is what the I just don't understand how they continuously do this. It's amazing that there's never a gap year when it comes to great quarterbacks. Even in a year like this year, where we have so many quarterbacks injured, we're talking about those four being the final four standing. Right, because you would have thought maybe Burrow would have taken that that mantle this year, or that that baton, whatever you want to say. I expected yeah. him to. Right, and he still may, <laughs> but he's hurt a lot. And now these four potentially could be in there. Now it could be Mason Rudolph, which would provide us an amazing story tomorrow. Yeah. If all of a sudden the Steelers beat the the Bills today be a remarkable upset. I'm rooting for it. I ain't oh, gonna lie I'm, to you. I'm, I'm rooting, for, I'm rooting it too. for it just like I was rooting for the Packers to beat the Cowboys uh, yesterday. Six three. <laughs> I'm rooting six, three for chaos. Steelers win. Let's I'm go for us. Chaos. Six three Steelers win today. That's what we are rooting for. All right, coming up. The entire landscape of the Dallas Cowboys changed yesterday. One of the worst playoff losses you will ever see. What is next in Dallas? We'll talk about it next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.